Isn't he worthy to be praised every day of the week, even when we're not in service? When we wake up in the morning and realize we have yet another day given to us to make things right with God and everyone around us? Good morning and God bless you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a pleasure and an honor to be standing in front of you this morning to give you a message from the Lord himself. Before I give you the title of this morning's message, let us read the following passages. We are going to be reading Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Let us begin. And it came to pass as he went, speaking of Jesus, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers and stood afar off. And as they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Before we move any further, when we look at verse 14, there had to be an action done for the cleansing to proceed. Jesus said, go forth or go your way, show yourselves to the priest. And the scriptures tell us that as they went and did what were they were instructed to do, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his feet or at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were not there ten cleansed? And where are the other nine? I just want to let you know this morning that if you come here just to receive one thing and never come back. Our Lord will give you that. But if you come here to obtain and receive salvation, you can walk away with that also. They are not found that return to give glory, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made you whole. As I read this story, I realized that there were ten individuals that had asked the Lord to be cleansed. And as they walked away, only one turned around to give praise and thanks to God. From these passages, I have derived the title of the message, I'm sorry, but my hands are tied. I'm sorry, but my hands are tied. Let us pray. Lord, may your people this morning receive and understand what this message is going to be telling them this morning. Lord, I understand the atmosphere that is here this morning, and I know that you shall allow and let people know that this message has come from you and you alone. Lord, open our hearts and our understanding as to what the Spirit will be telling the church this morning. And I thank you for this opportunity to be standing here merely as a vessel to give your message. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. You may 
have a seat. Quick question, how many of us like steak and eggs in the morning for breakfast? I'll be honest, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll have dinner from the night before for breakfast. It's never a good thing, but sometimes you're in the mood for it. Have you ever had a situation where you had to reach out to a company or retailer to rectify something, only to hear that there's nothing else they can do for you? or because you have either waited too long, didn't go through the right channels, or your warranty has expired, there is nothing else they can do for you. Here we see 10 men asking the master to be cleansed, and only one gave glory to our creator. God forgive, or God forbid, that we would become content with crumbs off the master's table, and not put effort to be made whole. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you is what James chapter 4 verse 8 reminds us. When we first look at this scripture, it tells us that we must first put an effort to draw nigh to God. If we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. So our effort into the closeness of the relationship will dictate how much we know him. Yes, Lord. I'm sorry, but my hands are tied, says the Lord. Matthew 13, verse 58. When Jesus was in his own country, verse 58 tells us that he did not, mighty, he did not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. Yes, our unbelief can prevent the Lord from doing a work in our lives. Our unbelief can prevent the Lord from fulfilling situations in our lives. Acts 14, and I did not give this to Brother Sam, but that's fine. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But as the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers or sisters. Side note, when you have received a revelation of your relationship to the Lord, do not let an unbeliever stir you up and cause you to question whether or not if you do have a relationship with the Lord. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them but they found out about it and fled to other cities where they continued to preach the gospel. When we arrive to verse 8, it tells us that in Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him 
saw that he had the faith to be healed. Who had the faith to be healed? The gentleman who's never walked before in his life had the faith to be healed. Paul, looking directly at him, saw that he had the faith to be healed and called them out. Stand upon your feet. And that, that man jumped up and began to walk. Could it be that we don't understand the gravity of having faith? Could it be that we have the faith in us, but we need someone to encourage us to use it or move it forward? Could it be that we are supposed to encourage each other to walk in this faith like never before? Paul realized the man had the faith. He jumped to action. There were, these are the teachings of Jesus Christ himself. When we look at Matthews 9 verse 2, Behold, they brought him a man sick of the palsy laying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins are forgiven. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, and this is Matthews 9.29, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that very hour. On others he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. We as believers in Christ need to pray against the spirit of doubt. We as believers in Christ need to pray against the spirit of doubt. Is he really true? Does he really exist? Does he really love us? Can I really be saved? Can I really be healed? Yes, you can. Yes, you most definitely can. The Lord, our Savior, expects us to take him for his word. That is true faith. God forbid that we, that we would be called a faithless generation, for faith without works is dead. James 2, verses 14 through 20. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? The answer to that is no. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of them or one of you say unto them, Depart, be in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, if it has not works, it is dead being alone. So if we don't put forth into action the faith that we claim to have, it is dead, not fulfilling what it's supposed to. Those are the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith without works is dead. Yea, if a man says, thou hast faith and I have works, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith because of my works. So here it is. We can have a conversation, and you can tell me everything you know, and everything you believe, and everything you understand. But show me how all of that has been applied to your life through testimonies, through helping others, through reaching out. 
Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith because of my works, because of the effort that I have put forth. <sighs> Let us look at verse 19. And verse 19 gives us a little side note, because you'll find it throughout the whole Bible. There's no Greek or Hebrew, Hebrew explanation that's needed for this. Verse 19 tells us, Thou believest that there is one God? There should be a question mark there. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Even Satan and his goons know that there is one God. There's no explanation needed for that. I'm going to drive that point until the cows come home. Every time I preach, every time it comes up in my messages, I'm going to drive that home. We should not divide this God. There is one God and God alone. In him is all power and glory and honor. Yes, Lord. Thank you for this situation. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? I'm sorry, but my hands are tied at this moment, saith the Lord. Faith stirs up our God to be who he is and what he wants to do. Faith stirs up our God to be who he is and to do what he wants to do. If we are not careful, we can place limits on our God through doubts, fears, questioning, doubting. Let us not do so. Romans 8, 14 for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. My question to everyone, including myself, is what is leading you this morning? Are you allowing the scriptures to permeate through your mind, your body, and your soul to give you directions from God and God alone? Or are you allowing your own spirit to give you a limited understanding of what it is to live for the Lord? Jesus Christ. Matthews 9, verse 2. We read that. Somebody brought him a man sick of the palsy. Let us go to Psalms 4, verse 5. And these are prayers that I pray in the mornings to try to give me direction and clarity, to try to put me in tap with the Lord. And Psalms 4, verse 5 says this, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Offer the sacrifices of, of, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So my question this morning is, do you understand the definition of righteousness in the Bible? Do you understand what it stands for and what it means? It's an acting in accord or accordance with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. Do you believe you are saved this morning? And if so, let us take the Lord for his word and act in faith in Christ Jesus. When we look Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him as righteousness. When we read about David, David believed God, 
and it was imputed unto him as righteousness. When we look at ourselves, if we take him for what he says, it would be imputed unto us as righteousness also. So let us continue. Lord, I understand the atmosphere that you are creating this morning. Lord, may your love, may your compassion, may your mercy continue to flow through this sanctuary, my Lord Jesus. Let them understand that you are trying to draw all men unto you, my Lord Jesus. For we thank you for this opportunity in knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 7 says this. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 7. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, will you hold on to the commandments of the Lord? Will you place them on your hearts? Will you meditate on them day and night? So that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Verse 3, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as hidden treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Verse 7 is an encouraging word to anyone. Let us read it together. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. I want to be able to walk uprightly all the days of my life, that I may save some or win some to Christ Jesus. Yes, Lord. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He does. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 5, verses 1 through 8. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Are you meditating on the Lord today? Are you meditating on him on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesday mornings? Are you meditating on him while you're washing your dishes, driving to work, changing a diaper, taking out the trash. I can tell you this much. I can be doing the most awkward things and still thinking upon the Lord, and he will give me something. You don't have to be somewhere doing something on your knees all the time. You don't have to be in the sanctuary the Bible, the scriptures tell us plainly that he is with us always, especially if you have the spirit of the baptism. He is with you always. You can activate that anywhere you are, even at work, even at work. When I'm having a bad day at work, I walk away, I find a restroom, I start praying to the Lord, I come out, the spirit comes on me, I'm good to go. When I'm having a good day, I'm praising him also. When I'm having a struggle, I must tap onto him. I can't wait for Wednesdays and Sundays for this place to be open. I must tap onto him there. That's what he wants us to do. 
He wants us to show forth his testimony through us when we're everywhere, not keep them behind these walls. I don't have all the answers, but I will tell you what works because I know. I am a man just like you, and I am struggling just like everyone else. I have not made it. But this I know, that if we stay faithful to what is required of us, he shall fulfill his end. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. For thou art not a God that has pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight, thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will arbor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, how many of us can say this? But as for me, I will come into the house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship towards the holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in the righteousness because of my enemies. Make thy way straight before my faith. I came in through these doors because I was sick and tired of doing things my own way. It never worked. I always found myself in a ditch crying out to the Lord. And as days go by, I realize that I must give more of myself to my God, that he may direct my paths straight, not crooked. Matthews 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you want to be filled this morning? Are you hungering or thirsting for righteousness? We should. We most definitely should. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It will be, and it is a good thing to be persecuted for the right reasons. If you're persecuted for standing up for what's right, you are blessed. If you are persecuted for standing up for what's right, you are blessed. Are you willing to be persecuted for acting on God's words? I'm sorry, but my hands are tied at this moment. Do not become influenced by man that will steer you away from the Lord. One thing that I did when I first walked in through these doors, I understood that God still loved his people. I understood that God existed. I understood he was here. I saw multiple people healed by cancer through these doors. Multiple, not just one, multiple. I've seen miracles, signs, wonders. I've heard prophecies. I've heard it all. And when I would walk out through these doors, I would see people I know, including friends and family, and try to explain to them what I've seen and what I experienced, only to receive back doubt. Are you sure about that? That doesn't sound right. It doesn't seem right. 
Be careful who you get your sound wisdom from. The world is not going to understand this. They're not going to get it. It is us to give it to them in hopes that we can draw them to the Lord. In Christ Jesus. Yes, Lord. I want to look at a conversation between Saul and Samuel. And this conversation we can find in 1 Samuel 15, verses 22 through 24. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight? And this is a question. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obedience, the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. It is better and pleasing in the eyes of the Lord to obey and do what he tells us, rather to offer sacrifices. Lord, I'm going to stop doing this. Lord, I'm going to stop doing that. Lord, I won't do that again. Lord, you won't catch me doing that again. Sacrifices and offerings can only go so far. But if you really want to feel and touch the love of God, obey what he tells us in Christ Jesus. Obey. And if you can't, ask him for strength. There were days I would wake up and say to myself, why do I continue doing this? Take it in prayer. Take it in prayer. Reach out to a minister. Reach out to a brother in Christ. Pray together. Come to the sanctuary. Put it on the cross. Kill it. Kill it. Let nothing, let nothing ravage your life when you're in Christ Jesus because it grows like a mold. It grows, becomes worse than what it is. And we start justifying it. Oh, it's supposed to be in my life. Oh, this is never supposed to change. Oh, God knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows. But how bad do you want it off of you? How bad do you want to change? Behold, we are a new creature in Christ. All things have become new. Not some. All things can become new. All things should become new if you allow it. If you allow it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity. You know, when we listen and read the teachings of Jesus, sometimes it can be hard to swallow. Because it shows us how much more we need him. So there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He convicts us to allow us to realize that we need him much more than we quite possibly could understand. And all things are possible in Christ Jesus. There is nothing he can't do. Will you allow him to do a miraculous work in your life this morning? Will you allow him to become greater than who he already is in your life? Because at no point am I saying that you don't know him. But he is much bigger than anything we can possibly understand. He is much greater than the things that we have allowed him to do. And we want to see the miraculous. 
And we want to see signs and wonders. So my question this morning is, will we allow him to do so? Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for this opportunity. Let us look at what 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 tells us. And it's wrapped up in one sentence. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Wow, that's pretty hard to swallow. So you mean to tell me that rebellion is as witchcraft? The original text stated that rebellion is witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So I'm practicing idolatry by being stubborn. I am practicing idolatry by being stubborn. When the Lord brought these words to me, it shined a light on something that I never understood in my life until a few days ago. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Lord, help me with my stubbornness. Help me with my stubbornness. I do not want to be stiff-necked in front of the Lord. I want my heart to be as soft as possible that I may receive everything regardless of who it comes from. Which, by the way, I don't just listen to ministers. I have brothers and sisters in Christ that hold no ministerial credentials. That the Lord used, that the Lord continually uses to speak into my life. Because we have to encourage each other. We have to encourage each other. You know, we can't pick and choose who the messages come from. That's not from God. There's, that spirit ain't from God. That, that's man. I'll tell you right now, that's man. You know, we come here with an opportunity to set things right with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us not just listen to it today. Let us continually apply it on our lives when we walk out these doors. And when you find that things are getting harder, call someone. Call someone. Connect with someone. Establish a relationship with someone in the church. Find someone you can trust. We weren't meant to do this alone. Divide and conquer is from Satan. A house divided upon itself cannot stand. God's house was never meant to be divided. Can't do it. We're stronger together. We are stronger together in Christ Jesus. Yes, Lord. Verse 24. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Never. God forbid that you would try to be a man pleaser more than a pleaser of God. Never become more of a man pleaser than a pleaser of God. This is why we are told that this is the living word of God. This is forever settled in heaven. It does not return void. This can speak to you every day of Every day of your life. 
This can speak to you every day of the life. So if you want to know him more, you take him home. First two to three years, it was hard because your flesh don't want to read. Your carnal, your carnal self doesn't want to read because it's opposing to its nature. The word of God opposes our carnal nature. So it's not going to be natural. You have to force yourself to read the word of God. That it may become a norm. And then something miraculous happens. You can't get enough of it. You can't get enough of it. There are some weeks that I listen to between 9 to 11 messages. Aside from Sundays. Because I want to be fed. I need to know more. There's something the Lord is trying to tell me. So I must do it. I do it because I want to. Now I find myself doing it because I want to. That is an obstacle in itself. But you can ask for it. The church is here to encourage the brethren to continue to move forward. But Christ said that we are more than just conquerors. We are more than just people that get by. We can be more than just people that get by. We are a royal priesthood. Do not let the world tell you otherwise. We are a royal priesthood. We should be standing tall with our heads up. Having the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ walking with us everywhere we go without doubting. Regardless of what we feel externally. Regardless. I work around a bunch of people that are unbelievers. And it's not easy. But I must hold. I must hold what the Lord has given me. Regardless of how they make me feel. Regardless of what they say. Regardless of how they talk about me. I must hold on to what the Lord has given me. I pray that that encourages you this morning. Let us untie the hands of our Lord this morning and take him at his word. If you believe, but also have unbelief which prevents you, then take it to prayer. That can be your prayer this morning. Lord, I believe. I believe what your word is telling me. I believe what your messenger is trying to tell his people to encouraging them. But I have a little bit of unbelief that is trying to ravage my mind. Can you help me with this? Can you take it out of my life so that it doesn't walk out these doors with me? Can we take it to prayer this morning? Go to someone. Ask them to pray with you. Let us get right with Jesus this morning. Romans 3 verses 21 through 31. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ Jesus unto all. And upon all them that believe, there is no difference. We can obtain the same faith that they had. We can obtain the same faith that they had. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation 
through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past. Your sins are no more through the forbearance of God. To declare it, I say at this time, his righteousness, not ours. For our righteousness are as filthy rags. The Bible tells us that our righteousness are as filthy rags. We can never be good enough to stand in the presence of God without Christ Jesus. Everything we do is because of him. Everything we are is because of him. Our testimony is because of him. Our salvation is because of him. We stand straight because of him. Our paths are not crooked because of him. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law or works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Yes, faith has a law. Faith itself is a law. Faith itself is a law. Therefore, we concluded that a man is justified by faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only, or is he also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Verse 30. When we read uh, Romans 3, verse 30, it tells us this. Here goes another remembrance. Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish it. By living out the way we're supposed to, we're showing that faith in Christ Jesus works. We are showing that it's true, that it's alive forevermore, that he's still reaching out to the people today. Will you allow faith to grow in you like never before? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first and to also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yes, there is such a thing as faith to faith. There are many different levels and multitudes of faith. Us coming into the understanding of who God is is just the surface. Understanding who he is and how close you want your relationship to him will take you face to faith. He is forever knowing. He is too big to understand. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it unto them. I never want to be in the presence of anyone and hold back what the Lord has shown me or done for me. Not that I should speak to everyone because not everyone is going to receive it, but I should live accordingly. I should live accordingly that it may show, whether directly or indirectly, that man stands for something, that sister stands for something, that brother stands for something. They're not saying it vocally, but you can tell by the way that they carry themselves, they stand for something. And you just might raise someone's curiosity. Why do you behave like that? Why do you conduct yourself like that? What do you believe in? 
That way you might win someone to Christ Jesus. I have seen that happen. Verse 24, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Verse 22, and being now made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness. We are told to be holy. Everyone. Be ye holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. That's for everyone. We need to practice holiness. God likes holiness. Not to beat anybody up, I have to remind myself of that very same thing. Be ye holy for I am holy. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, you see, my dear friends, brothers and sisters, sometimes when a message from God comes, we can do two things. We can leave it right here and we can walk right back out these doors the same way. Or we can lay aside who the message comes from and ask ourselves, does it come from the Lord? And if so, how can I apply it to my life? What can I do with it, Lord? Can you change me this morning? Can I continually be a new creature in Christ this morning, my Lord Jesus? You know my shortcomings. You know my faults. You know those things that I need help in. Can you allow me to stand much taller than I ever have before that I may win some for you or to you? You see, our testimony will be the most powerful thing to win people to Christ. Not a pamphlet, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. You can't give a pamphlet to different individuals and expect the same result. But rather, with the Spirit of our Lord Jesus living through us, we can have a testimony for different individuals. There are some people that I can reach that you might not be able to relate to, but we have enough people in the body of Christ To be able to reach everyone, as many as the Lord shall win to us for him. We are his husbandmen. He has given us a ministry to tend to until his coming back. How will we be found when he comes back? I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful. I serve a God that loves his people enough to remind them of what is expected before his coming. Because when he comes, he does not come to preach. When he comes, he does not come to preach. So until then, let us continue to encourage each other. Let us continue to keep each other in prayer. Let us have a heart of humbleness that when God's word comes through off this pulpit. We take it with us and we guard it in our lives and we allow it. We allow the soil of our heart to tend to it. One plants, the other one waters, but God gives the increase. Are you going to allow someone 
to plant a seed in your life? Are you going to allow someone to come through and water it? Are you going to allow someone to come by and tend to your ground? Are you going to allow someone to come by and check up on you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I will end with this. Romans 8.10. I will end with Romans 8.10. Romans 8.10 reminds us of this very fact. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Righteousness and faith are like cousins. Righteousness and faith are like cousins. They work hand in hand to keep us close to the Lord. Are you willing to become righteous unto the Lord? Are you willing to become holy because he is holy? And he tells us that we can be holy. The Old Testament tells us that a righteous man falls seven times. Yes, a righteous man does fall. A righteous man falls seven times, but knows to get back up, dust himself off, and continue to walk forward. Will you allow yourself to stand back up after the world tries to beat you down weakly and still stand as a righteous person in the sight of God? Hmm. He shall complete his work in due time in your life. No promise that God has given us will become void. All of it will come to fulfillment. Let us stand. As we pray this morning, I am going to ask Sister Melanie to come and lead us into a song that we may be ushered into God's presence. And whatever has resonated with you this morning throughout this message, Bring it to the Lord in hopes that we can renew our relationship with him or become much closer to him than we ever have before. And thank him for his word and thank him for the spirit that he gives us through his baptism. And thank him for the fact that he is alive the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever. And that we can always have someone or something to reach to because he is who he is. In Christ Jesus, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to stand in your presence. This atmosphere is right for you to do whatever it is that you need to do, my Lord Jesus. Sister Melanie is going to bring us into a song to usher into your presence, my Lord. I ask that you show yourself mighty like you have never done before, my Lord. Forgive us of any trespasses that we might have committed against anyone in yourself as we forgive those that have trespassed against us because we want to get right with you in Jesus name Amen Beautiful.